Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. And I would say more on the emotional side of things is as soon as possible, get friends in your corner who get you and understand you and get a mentor in your corner who understands you. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. 
Welcome back, friends and fam. So the reason that I started the show is pretty much the entire just message and the feeling that was around this podcast that I had with one of my girlfriends. And that was because I truly wanted to create something that held me accountable to having the connections that I actually desired in my life more often because I am more of an introverted personality. And when I get that way or when I stick to that, I am not very happy. So I need to be around people. And I started this podcast to be around people like my guests today, belly to belly, getting nurtured, getting that soul food, and then sharing the conversation with you. So I got to sit in person with my guest, Libby Crow, who is a global mentor for entrepreneurs, helping them grow their businesses and their minds. She's the founder of LC International, which is a marketing strategy company for digital consultants and the co-founder of The Daily Shift, a personal development company for aspiring and accomplished entrepreneurs alike. She's dedicated to helping entrepreneurs see the journey as a bridge to raising the vibration of the planet and then later as a portal for giving back philanthropically. So you guys, I loved this conversation. I mean, we were even uh, basically giving each other our permission to use silly chosen names. We covered pretty much everything under the sun. So join in because I want this to feel like a conversation with you and your girlfriends or guy friends for that matter. All right, you guys, let's get started. Libby, I'm so excited to be sitting across from you. Same, same with I our know. sexy microphone. I know. It's great. So we didn't have the headphones on right before this and we had these mics on, but we didn't have it on. And the second you turn it on, it's truly a different identity that comes through. You put on your, I'm a podcast professional hat immediately yeah. with these mics. Thank and you. And we're going to talk to you like this the whole time. It's going it to be so happen. creepy. Be creeper with her. <laughs> 1-900, lots of Libby. <laughs> and you're happy. <laughs> Sounds bad when you say it like that. <laughs> it does. That's not good. I was like, oh, this is a very different kind of podcast all of a sudden. I we have so many downloads from the beginning of this podcast. All right. Well, if that works, hey, we were just talking about that. You want to up your downloads. Yeah, we were talking about sponsorship for yeah. podcasts and kind of the nitty-gritty details because I'm starting mine now too. Yeah, and what's it called? It's called Behind the Dream. So mm. it's about the movement that I run for entrepreneurs, kind of sharing the truth behind what it takes to grow your own business. Oh my God, that's so good. Yeah. And what truth have you found bombs. so far? Well, so I've had this movement for years. It's a community I run and just kind of the way I, I be in the world as well. Mm -hmm. And people find it really refreshing that I don't sugarcoat it. And I just kind of talk a lot about how life isn't Instagram cubes and this is what it really takes and it's not fun and it's not cute, but there are certainly moments that feel glamorous and mm. just kind of paint the picture of what it really takes because I was surprised at how much grit and resilience and pain I experienced along the way versus mm. what I anticipated it to be or feel like. Mm. Yeah. So how long have you been on this journey? Seven years okay. uh, before I knew you could even be an entrepreneur. I didn't mm -hmm. even know that word. I was an elementary teacher. I taught first and oh second grade. Oh my God. Grade. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Fun fact. Miss Crow. That's amazing. A lot of my students follow me now, actually, which is great. Sometimes I try not to cuss because I still feel like I'm their teacher. Oh, they, they secretly love it. <laughs> they probably do. They love it. They're just like, when's, when's she going to cuss again? Did you see Miss Crow's Insta story? <laughs> she said the F word. Oh my God. You're like, that's because mama's an entrepreneur now. <laughs> she can do whatever the F she wants. Just kidding, kids. 
<laughs> but it's partially true. It's kind of it's kind of insane how when you start um, in this world of entrepreneurship, watching how the more you that you are, the more people come. Yeah, I find that too, my identity feels ever evolving and ever reestablishing. Like I call it the pivot where people shed an identity and move into a new season of who they are and how Mm. they want to present themselves. And I feel like that's a huge part of my journey is just constantly burning down who I thought I was and creating who I want to be in this moment. It's just a constant, like almost infinite cycle of that. Oh my God. I, I love that so much more than I can even tell you. I talk about that all the time on this podcast and well, I literally call it a pivot because ah, well, here I, we are. I know I'm like, okay, well, here's a co-host. Um, <laughs> all right. Happiness. Here's my new co-host. Um, <laughs> yeah. Welcome everyone. But I think that's so important because, and I almost don't want, I don't like going back and listening to my podcast much because I've pivoted so much that sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I don't even identify with her. And while I can have grace and love for my journey and my past self and all of that stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so important that we do this and that we do it openly and in our own authentic way, however that looks. And oh my God, this path takes so much forgiveness and grace. So tell me where you have recently pivoted lately um, and what that took. Yeah. I, I think really we're growing in public when we have a mm. personal brand and that can fee- feel vulnerable, but yeah. it's also really empowering for others to see when we kind of pull the curtain back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my recent transition pivot has been, I feel like part of a big collective of us, uh, not just our friend group, but a lot of entrepreneurs that are female, I'm seeing and feeling that we're all kind of pivoting to more of a feminine approach mm. because we've been pushing our way to success for so long. The pendulum has to swing. And I feel like me included, the last four or five months have been kind of re- recalibration back to what it means to be feminine and mm. what success really feels like and looks like at a micro and macro level. And for me, that's been like healing my body from just pushing mm-hmm. all the time and healing my my stories about what success needs to look like in comparison, whether that's to my husband who's super successful or my friends and mm-hmm. or even just past versions of myself. And and so I'm kind of in this transition where I've gotten the money and I've got it's like you get certain things and you create this new level of freedom and awareness. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in this space of awareness where money is not a concern. So who am I there? Mm. And in that place, I'm realizing I'm, I'm a writer. Wow. I love to write poetry. Mm-hmm. I love to just write nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And I'm realizing that I'm a kid. Like we're all just taller children and we forget to play. <laughs> I and I, and so I'm like, oh, okay. I'm just like a, a taller child who loves to write <laughs> and express to help people. Mm-hmm. And I care a lot about peace. And so I'm kind of realizing that I put on these identities to support myself to make mm-hmm. it work. I didn't really have a plan B when I quit teaching because mm-hmm. I was always been a parent to my parents and I, wow. I'm the one that does it all. So where you, I have to make it work. Mm-hmm. So from that pushing, I was able to achieve a lot, which I'm so proud of myself and grateful for that journey. And now I'm really realizing that the softening is necessary to get mm-hmm. to the next level of whatever the heck I'm going to do. <laughs> Oh my God. I, I resonate with all of that so much. And I, I have a question. This is what I've been asking so many of my former like 
hustlers, like pushers, because that is me, that, that was me to the core. And I'm watching just like part of my identity still wanting to like, she'll just come back up from the the depths of the (laughs) earth, like that hand, like in Halloween pops up and she's like, come back. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) I'm like, no, I need to do that. I have snacks. It'll be okay. It's true. Snacks. I mean, I might go back for that. I might. So I always want to know because I feel like in order for me to have landed in the spot and I have been trying to analyze the crap out of it because for people who have not done kind of that grind and that hustle and that like going beyond your threshold that you ever even thought possible, Mm -hmm. I don't actually know if I could have the softening without that. Mm -hmm. So I've been asking a lot of people, do you think that that was really important for your journey? What if someone's being really called to that right now? What do you think? Yeah, I think everyone has their unique path. And Mm -hmm. I've been curious about the same thing. Like, can you really be just in your feminine and have... Like skip over all the other crap. Yeah, I just, I'm not... I'm not sure about that. I think there's always a yin to the yang. I think there's dark to the light. And I think that for every time that you kind of push through, there's a softening, like you're saying, that happens conversely. And I'm just, I'm not certain either. And I've been actually thinking a lot about it because now there's this rise of like no hustle and Mm -hmm. don't push. But it's like, well, how much money do you have? And are you making ends meet? And Like, I don't know. It's it's kind of like, no, everyone's afraid to Gary V their way to success, but <laughs> consistency and work does the trick. I don't mm-hmm. care who you are, how you be or how feminine or not feminine you are. I just find that if you do things in a certain way, you'll get a certain result, mm-hmm. but at the sacrifice at what? So I think mm-hmm. for each individual, they kind of have to ask themselves, like, what am I willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. and what's okay for me to sacrifice, whether it's my body, my friendships, my free time, whatever, mm-hmm. to make it work. And and I don't know that that needs to be like, I don't know that it needs to be masculine or I don't know that it needs to be a certain way or a certain outfit that people put on. But I find myself curious about the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think that for sure the pendulum always swings. And I think for sure for me, I've learned so much about myself from from those experiences mm-hmm. that suck, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that are hard, that are challenging. It's always like the most challenging thing is the opportunity too for the greatest learning. So mm-hmm. I think that the further in depth that you go in that, the greater your lessons will be. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about the scale in which everyone has for their own. You mm-hmm. know, some people might be willing to go super deep in the darkness, then they come out super in the light, where some might just dip a toe in both sides. And so I think depending on someone's own personality and preferences and own success goals that will vary. Mm, I, I, I this is totally like the place that I've been analyzing lately because I think that as we all come together and as women are especially rising and coming out and just even more into their own voice, it's like I think there's a part of us that can really either judge ourselves based on what the and I know this is crazy, but this is very real, like what the trend of like the female energy is when mm. maybe someone else is really in there. <laughs> like, know, the oh, time so of- I shouldn't hustle? Like <laughs> exactly. oh, well, I, I'm sorry, I got bills to pay. Like should I And not they have a book coming out yeah. and they have events coming up and they're like, How do I not hustle? <laughs> yeah, they're You're like, like Namaste, yes. what? No. <laughs> no, no exactly. namaste right now. No, I'm not even sleeping. Like <laughs> now 
mama, give me caffeine. <laughs> like I'm just in that, in that season. Yeah. And I think that, um, it's so important for us all to realize, especially as women, like this might be my season, but it may not be your season mm-hmm. at all. Like, can we honor the season? So what do you do? Cause I know that you also do a lot of, um, like mentoring and coaching and you help so many women. So what do you kind of tell women uh, when, depending on what season they're in, whether it's a winter, whether it's a hustle, whether it's, how do you know how to guide them into what season they're in? Yeah. So kind of from a look at business over like overview, there's certain times in business where you'll be putting a lot more effort and then certain times where you'll be receiving more support from team or from things just starting to actually take momentum. So I feel like where I help women generally is to get to multiple six figures. So for Mm -hmm. them, they are hiring team members for the first time and they're in this new season of receiving support. And so they've been pushing for quite a while. So for me, it's like, how can we create the most path of efficiency for you? You're still going to be working, but for, for a lot of people, it's transitioning them to the idea of receiving support. So Mm. that's kind of that pathway in there just because monetarily they can go there. But Mm -hmm. when someone's just starting, it's like the only thing I can, it's like, get your self care pack like non-negotiable, whatever that is for you. Mm -hmm. And just know that this is a wild ride and it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like I think a lot of people encourage entrepreneurship when really a lot of people should be discouraging everyone from doing it because it's not for everyone. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's not easy and it's kind of for the wild ones, like the wild free souls Mm -hmm. that are visionaries. And, and I think that it's been put on a pedestal lately. And so so yeah, I think to, to kind of go back to what I was saying, there's different seasons in business where it makes sense to kind of go full force and sense where you can kind of take a step back and receive and let things kind of fall into place. And mm. it just depends on each individual and their goals and where they're at and the resources that they have. Mm, so beautiful. So you help people, you help women go to six figures and beyond. Yeah. So I have a mentorship program where we do that. Some people are brand new that start and some people are already entrepreneurs or they have a six figure business. They just want to go to multiple six figures. Okay. So what does that look like from let, let's talk about what kind of container mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you kind of need to evolve into in order to number one, be able to receive that money, believe mm-hmm. that you can receive it. Mm. And also receive help. But first we'll start with when people first come in, mm-hmm. do they already have the vision or what do you do to help paint that and help them become the person that can hold that? Yeah, I think one of the most important things that someone should ask a client or someone if you're a mentor mm-hmm. is what does success really look like for you versus mm. imagining that someone's idea of success is like everyone else's, like to be a multimillionaire and to do this and to do this mm-hmm. and to do that. Because everyone's is not the same. So to slow down and actually ask them what they want. Because some person might be really happy making 10K a month and some person might be really happy making 500K a month. And mm-hmm. so just to kind of slow down with them. But to answer your question about the container. So in the past, I've done one-on-one mentorship, which I think is really potent for so many people. I don't Mm -hmm. do it anymore just because energetically it didn't feel great to me. Right. And then I did group group mentorship, which is amazing. Mm. And then I had other mentors run that program for me over time so I could still kind of be the visionary. So mentors would 
basically run my programs for me. And so these containers are really intimate. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important because there's no prescription for entrepreneurship or for business. And so the more that you can understand who you're serving and what they really want, the more you can kind of create a unique path for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So all those containers are really intimate, which I think is really important. And now everything that I do is more in course form Mm -hmm. uh, just because that feels really good to me. And I've been able to see where people's holes are and where their gaps are and and create more of a smooth process uh, for them to implement things on their own and in a mm. in a way that's digestible. And so anyway, depending on where someone's at, there are different things. So like in business, it's like, okay, there are different pillars. So there's your brand, which is kind of what you're talking about, the very beginning, helping them see what they want and what's important to them. How do they want to portray themselves? Then there's your offers. What do those look like? Are they aligned with you? Are they scalable? Do they make sense? And then Mm -hmm. there's your sales process. What do you want that to look like and feel like? Then there's social media, content creation and distribution. Then there's actual client delivery. Then is your marketing funnel. Then it's your team. And then there's like your own self-care and mindset. There's all these elements Mm. of business and people get basically on different tracks depending on where they need to go Mm. and how fast they need to go. So that's kind of the way that I orient it is there's all these tracks that people can be on and like, which one do they need first? Do they need marketing first or do they need sales first? And so that's kind of how the container works is individually people being able to see where their biggest opportunities are and what they need patched up Mm -hmm. Um, as soon as possible in their business. Oh man, that's so good and so clarifying because I think as an entrepreneur, there's, I think the biggest thing that can overwhelm me is the constant, like constant need to be paying attention to everything, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, understanding that there's one thing that will always need your attention the most. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of understanding that one thing is really going to thrive and the rest it's not going to necessarily be their really awesome season and that's okay. Yeah. yeah nothing's ever going to be perfect in your business. That's such no. a funny idea actually. My God. It's like, there's just, um, Scott calls it my husband, one more thing, one mountain. It's like, there's always one thing. There's one empty. It's like one empty, one empty, one empty. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. It just, the problems get more robust and, and kind of more colorful yeah. as you go on. So what do you, what do you do personally when it's empty season for something that is a challenge? Like maybe it's kind of, and this is unfortunate to say, but it's just the truth. Sometimes it's empty season for your soul, your relationships or your body. Like, and mm-hmm. because your business is like in peak thriving and th- some of the other stuff, while it may not c- fall completely to the wayside, you have to change some of the routine and patterns in some areas. Let's say you're on the road for two months straight. Like you're probably not going to be spot on on your nutrition or your Mm -hmm. meditation or all of those things, no matter how freaking perfect you are. So what do you do? How do you have grace or kind of say, this is the season I'm in? Yeah, I've certainly had to learn it over time. I used to be really hard on myself Mm -hmm. and the typical high achiever, high performer archetype of just, <laughs> let me just critic, critique no, I can myself into love. Like, no, yeah. it doesn't work. So so once I realized over time that there's this such thing as self-forgiveness and that balance is funny, mm-hmm. the funny concept and, and all of this, um, it gave me more permission to go into the crevices of the of the hustle or the crevices mm. of the focus or whatever you want to call it, the commitment to certain projects in business. But honestly... It, it's not always pretty. It doesn't always feel good. Like, to be honest with you, like my health has been sacrificed a lot for my business in the mm-hmm. past. And same with relationships, same with friendships, same mm-hmm. with par- same with time with my mom, like things that are important to me. I have to kind of decide, all right, 
this is what's going to take my energy and time and I can't do it all and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel, feel guilty even mm-hmm. still. Uh, oh, I wish I had spent more time doing this or I should have more time with my girlfriends or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I should be able to just like decompress from the day and be a flowering feminine <laughs> wife or Scott where really I'm just like stressed out or something, you know? <laughs> really, I'm just like, I have nothing to comment on today. It's like ranch dressing yeah. dripping down my shirt. Want, yeah. I just want to watch a documentary and eat fries from Cafe Gratitude. I just, so yeah, I, I would say that I certainly haven't mastered this like perception of like balancing this and I don't know if it's real, but I know that when you're dedicated, committed to something, there are certain things that that aren't going to be 100%, and that's mm. okay, and that's part of the game. Mm-hmm. What's most exciting in your business right now? For me, it's most exciting to think about automating what I mm. can teach in a way where I can have my time back and my energy back. It feels like for so long I've been giving and giving and giving to everyone else, mm-hmm. and that's been beautiful. Mm-hmm. I've helped so many people all over the world and I've grown myself and met incredible humans. And uh, I'm ready to really put that back into me. Mm-hmm. And so to still help people and automate things and with my course particularly and and all my services in general and to come back to just do what I want to do, like the perfect day for me and what feels really juicy is to just like start my day around noon, like we're doing here together, mm-hmm. just wake up and work out and do yoga and make breakfast. Like, can you imagine that concept of slowing mm-hmm. down to cook? What? <laughs> and, uh, and just to be with my dog and read a book and just mm-hmm. write. And so to be of service in a way that's still fully honoring of what I consider myself to be highly sensitive person feels really exciting to me. Mm. Oh man, you just painted such a vivid, beautiful picture. And also for all of the people and the women who are in the season of when you know you are meant to just be giving, 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 because that's such, I, I do believe that that is such, that, that's really where my whole journey started was for so many people who are like, where do you start? You kind of start with doing your stuff almost, not not necessarily for free, but the very beginning kind of, yeah, you're just, you need to become that person who's known for, you know, the person that they're going to turn to for the thing, right? Mm -hmm. So for the woman who's in the very beginning season, what would you say to her and where is she at? What does it feel like? And what can she look forward to next? Like what's the first next thing (laughs) she could implement to kind of like help her blossom into the next level? Yeah. So when you make it more about your message and more about giving value than yourself is Mm -hmm. when you really start to think see things pick up, your audience, your consistency, everything. So Mm -hmm. the more that you give and don't be afraid to give too much, I think Mm -hmm. people feel afraid, like, should I give my best stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Give away (laughs) your best stuff. Um, People will pay you to like be in, to like go to your event or to have an intimate experience with you. Don't be afraid to, to give as much as it's possible and Mm. be consistent in that. So like if I could go back seven years ago in the beginning phases of wanting to do this, I would consistently craft content on various platforms and distribute them all of the time Mm. so that people could trust me, could get to know me more deeply and to count on me, like you're saying. Uh, And I think more specifically to just choose a path because so many people are Mm multi-passionate and they want to help people in different ways, which is beautiful. We all kind of feel like that. I don't know anybody who's like, I only like this thing. (laughs) Like that's weird. No, (laughs) weird is cool. But anyway, Uh, so it's okay to pick one thing and niche down and get really Mm -hmm. specific. And like you mentioned, be known for that. Mm -hmm. And then you can start to build other things from that, but just start to get 
people results doesn't mm-hmm. mean to you have to offer things for free, but start to build your brand through the legacy of the results that you get people and always give content and value and things will start to build. And And I would say more on, on the emotional side of things is as soon as possible, get friends in your corner who get you and understand you and get a mentor in your corner who understands you because mm. and who can help you. Uh, most most efficient path is going to be the one that saves you from sacrificing so much. So those things energetically and then practically is where I would start. Mm. Okay. I, it's beautiful. And I want to make sure that women know like, yes, you're, you're giving so much, but also when do you think is a good time to start supporting yourself with what you're doing. Like when I I find so many women who don't feel ready yet Mm. or they're waiting to make money Mm. or they're waiting for someone to validate them. Like, Oh, from day one, you know, it's like, (laughs) help me. Help. Yeah. So, so by giving value, it's not like, it's not like, just giving everything away for free per se and helping people for free. Mm -hmm. I just mean on like social media platforms and that kind of thing. So, I mean, relationship with money is so complex for everyone, depending on the stories that Mm. they grew up with and all that. And so just know that the energy of money will come to you the more you give. So it's Mm. kind of like an infinity sign. So the more that you put out, the more it'll come back to you. It's kind of an equal thing that happens. So there's if there's fear in you charging, you're probably imagining that it's up to you to get someone a result. So you're mm. not letting the other person that you're helping take responsibility for their growth, their transformation, or whatever you help them with as well. Mm. So you kind of have to let go of this idea that their success is up to you and you're a bridge to help them. So that's one of the reasons why people are afraid, I feel like, to charge is because mm. they put a lot of pressure on themselves Yeah. Um, when really there's no pressure, there's just agreements. And so when you can have agreements with clients versus expectations, it's clear and clean and you know that the money is you being the bridge, not like dragging them the whole way there and doing, mm. doing everything for them and getting them something they get to show up to. And then sometimes people just are conflicted with what do I even charge? Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot online and people can go, okay, she's charging that much or he's charging that much for this. Mm-hmm. And they can kind of just start to compare or or have ideas, which is good to go see what's out there. But I think what's important when you're charging is thinking about these things, thinking about how much experience do I have? How much training have I done? How many people have I helped do this? And and what am I comfortable charging? Mm. Because if someone tells you like, oh, you should double your prices, but that doesn't feel good to your soul, you're not going to attract that and it's mm-hmm. going to be awkward and you're not going to have confidence and all of that. So, so these are some things to think about when it comes to charging, but you shouldn't be scared to charge from the start. Like you, mm. you probably have so much expertise in something, whether you realize it or not. And so if you're starting to build, charge something lower ticket, if that feels good to you mm. while you're getting the results and the testimonials and, and you're starting to build confidence. Mm. You said something so freeing talking about taking the expectation of their transformation off of you. Mm -hmm. I feel like whenever we are starting from that place, like it's not, it's actually not going to be even a good energy exchange (laughs) whatsoever. Like really understanding like your guide and setting that expectation. So for you, how do you set the expectation within your business, your life, your friendships, your relationships, like of this is what 
I'm doing, even if it feels like, you know, because the voice of lack can come in, like you need to do X, Y, and Z, or people aren't going to like you, or there's, you know, this woman's doing this over here, even though, you know, she might be completely drained. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. How do you set the expectation, even if it feels less than what you know you could do, Mm -hmm. but it's important to kind of preserve yourself? Yeah. So it's all coming back to, I feel like our worthiness, like Mm. we're trying to show ourselves that we're worthy and we're enough by helping like over delivering almost, or like I, I think of it in my mind as a balance beam. Mm. And when we fall off the balance beam, trying to help others that does not serve us. So I think about it as, I mean, there's so much talk about boundaries, like boundaries, 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 but how do you actually (laughs) build them? Right. And it's through agreements Mm. and clear communication. So at the beginning of say working with clients, for example, I will create agreements with them. So it can be as simple as like 10 agreements. Like this is how we operate. This is how we show up to calls. This is the attitude. This is this, this is, it's like this whole thing. I'm like, do you agree with that? Yeah, me too. Okay, great. So it's, it's lack of expectation and agreements I think Mm. is great for this. And, and then in general, I like to just say the thing. So I have a saying, when you don't know what to say, say the thing. So if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I have this expectation on myself to get results for people or to show up in these ways, you say it, hey, sometimes what can happen in this relationship is that the client has expectations for the mentor or the coach. Mm. And I just want to be really clear that I'm going to show up 100%. If you show up 100% too, this is generally what we can co-create. And so I don't want to I don't want to not say that. I don't think that you're the kind of person that has that expectation, but I want to say that because that can happen. So if you have the awareness that this is something that can happen, just say it so mm-hmm. someone understands, oh, I might have had that expectation mm-hmm. or, oh, I might have been putting pressure on you as my mentor or, or wow, I'm not taking responsibility. So I think say, saying the thing as well. Um, it's it's so crazy powerful <laughs> for the teacher like yeah. and for the person to show up fully. Yeah. I literally I I literally use that before my events. I'm like mm-hmm. if you have an expectation of me transforming you this is not the place for you. <laughs> yeah. Radical <laughs> like, responsibility. I'm going to mess you up if you have that. <laughs> well, Just let y'all know. <laughs> yeah, you get it. I think that there's so much entitlement right now in the collective energy and I think that when people realize that when they take radical responsibility, everything changes. Mm. There's no, what I call the drama triangle. You've probably, have you heard of the drama triangle? No, do tell. It's great. So it's based (laughs) off like an old psychology paradigm and I I love it. And so basically there's three sides. There's the victim, the villain, and the hero. Mm. And whether you're an entrepreneur or not, this is so important to know. And whether you have agreements with clients or not, this is so Mm. important to know because guaranteed, probably at some point today already, even if you're woke, you've been in the drama triangle (laughs) in some way from some codependent relationship, whether it's with source or people or whatever. So basically, if you're in the drama triangle and you're Mm. the victim, everything's hard. Everything's against you. You're kind of Mm. caging yourself and you're pointing the finger. When you're in the villain, you're making everyone else wrong. So that could be like if someone went to your event and was like, oh, she didn't teach me what I, you know, that would be <laughs> right. like they're blaming or they're bullying mm-hmm. and then the other is the hero the people that want to rescue everyone so that would be almost like if you were the at the event and you were trying to save everyone mm. from misunderstanding you or from yeah. you want them to get the best experience you're over delivering and whatever so the often women uh can be in the hero because mm. we're wanting to support people but at what cost and like are you hearing them or are you just supporting them and so there's a lack of boundary there so mm-hmm. so the drama triangle is a great way to see if there's agreements in place or if something needs to be communicated in a more authentic way oh my 
God, that's good. Like I so literally good. just need to get that tattoo. You well, should Google be like, it. Why do you have drama <laughs> inside of a triangle? triangle like, because your you're in it chest. right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful. I don't even know who created that, but bless them. If you yeah. Google it, though, it'll. I'm a, more of a visual learner, so yeah. if you Google it and you're listening to this right now, you can kind of see. Oh, where am I at? in my relationship with my parents or with mm. my spouse or with my client or whoever. How do we get out of the triangle? Yeah, with <laughs> with beautiful, mature mm. language, you mm. know? So some people might not understand where you're coming from with their level of consciousness and embodiment of that consciousness. So sometimes it can be difficult. Like if you're trying to talk to someone who's in the victim and they're not seeing that they're the victim, how do you communicate to them that they're the victim unless yeah. they take ownership of that yeah. role? It can be difficult. Um, I have learned how to communicate over time. I think when you have emotional and social intelligence kind of ingrained in you, it can be Mm -hmm. easier. Uh, And I I feel like I have those SQEQ kind of just ingrained in me. So Mm -hmm. I've learned, oh, if I want to be real, I need to say things that might be uncomfortable and that might trigger, that's such like a spiritual word, but might Mm -hmm. like trigger someone to feel something that might not be happy. And Mm -hmm. I've had to risk that to, to be honest. So I used to just kind of make people feel happy and tiptoe around and please people because mm. they didn't want to feel misunderstood or kind of rock the boat. And if you want to help someone get out of the drama triangle or if you yourself want to get out of yeah. the drama triangle, you're going to have to say something that might not make someone happy and that's mm. okay. So it's kind of like uh, say that a friend of mine is in the victim mm-hmm. and she's kind of just complaining a lot and she's not really seeing her pattern. And it's like, okay, like I'm in friendships where we're honest with each other in a loving way. So it's like, hey, I was wondering if I could show something to your point, something out that I've been seeing. And the only way I can see it is because I've experienced it myself. Mm. It, would it be okay if we could talk about that? It might be triggering and I just don't want to bring it up if you don't want to be open to that. It's like always asking for permission. Mm -hmm. And then I think following that should always be acknowledgement. So it's like, first of all, I just want to say that you've been putting yourself out there. You've been doing all this. I love you. And thank you for sharing with me. You're an amazing person. Acknowledge the person, Mm -hmm. then give the feedback third. Mm -hmm. So it's like, here's what I see. I see that you're kind of blaming life or blaming circumstances or blaming. So then you can kind of share what you Mm -hmm. see. I think there's a way you can help people see that they're in it. That's still loving. Mm, That's so powerful. I have a, I have a few relationships like that, that are so close that it's like, it's, it's never fun. So that's why when people are listening, like, yes, that feeling that you might have in the pit of your stomach, picturing who you need to talk to or who might need to talk to you about something like Mm -hmm. it's very real, but it also opens doors and it's like freedom beyond anything I can tell you, but it's, it's never, it doesn't ever feel good. Even if it's from someone who, you know, is not leaving you, you know, especially even if you have like, I have abandonment issues in my past. I'm like, Oh my God, they're going to leave me Mm -hmm. now. So sometimes I don't even want to open up the feedback loop from people because I'm so sensitive that I'm like, oh shit, like (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like I need it, but at the same time, am I ready for it? So (laughs) what do you do to welcome? Like, do you ask people for feedback in your life? Do you have some people who you're like, can we agree to be like feedback friends? Yeah. I've had the experience where I feel like people are afraid to give me feedback Mm. and which is really surprising to me because I'm really loving and open and kind. But I think I kind of carry this like, don't F with me energy at the same time. (laughs) It's kind of like, um, really kind, loving, but also like, don't, don't miss. (laughs) I kind of have that vibe. So I wonder if, if my experience has been like, people are afraid that I might 
then just ignore them or not. Mm. It's like almost like the fear that you're saying you have, like, Mm -hmm. will someone leave me if I'm honest? Mm. So I've found that through time and breaking down a lot of my own barriers to protect myself, Mm. I have built friendships where we do that. And it's not even like a sit down, like, oh, I have some information that I'd like to share with you about (laughs) your patterns. (laughs) It's not even like that. It's more of like in conversation, like, oh, like, tell me more about what your thoughts are on disappointing people. Mm. So it's kind of more so like talking about what we ate for lunch versus Mm -hmm. this deep, like sit down thing. Sometimes for people and family members or with team, with business or whatever, it could be more of a sit down versus like talking about whatever. But for me, I found that I've cultivated relationships where it just happens kind of in the flow. Oh yeah. That kind of feels way better than like an intervention. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Libby, I I have something something that I do. Yeah. Yeah, You've been driving me crazy. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's stuff that if it comes up, you can kind of start talking about it right away. But that, that can, that can take a little bit of work, especially Mm -hmm. because there's so many women who are yearning for the types of relationships they they want and the the types of relationships that you just talked about right there they're like that's like a dream case scenario to even be able to get to that point it's taken time it it takes discernment time and so what does that look like to you because i think what can happen cuz i talk so much about female friends like mm-hmm. people think that if you open up and you create these agreements that it'll all be perfect but there's sometimes where your heart gets betrayed again or broken or it's a relationship and it's a human being who's not perfect and neither are we and we always have a role in that. So what do you do in life when either you're trying to create a relationship like that, but also when relationships fall apart Mm -hmm. between female friends or friends in general? I have such an interesting journey with friends. I, I've like always been the friend that I've most friendly, like voted most friendly in high school, like prom Mm. queen. Like I love people. For me, it's been a fear of depth with, mm. with mm. people. So what is that? Even though I'm like open and like we can mm-hmm. sit here and go deep, it's like, I might be afraid to like, be like, Hey, do you want to come over on Friday for mm. rejection? Okay. So it's like a fear of rejection and letting people super close. For me, it's been, um, just a couple of friends over time. Oddly, they were male friendships. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, when a guy, your best guy friend gets a girlfriend and then they, the girlfriend's like, you can't be friends with that yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So my heart kind of felt like, uh, oh, I can't trust people to get close because they can just disappear. Mm. So that was years and years and years ago. And that kind of built up this glass wall around me. And I say glass, not brick, because I'm still open and transparent, but to a degree where mm. I feel safe. Yeah. And so I've learned discernment kind of impeccably with relationships, almost to a point where I like do whatever I can to still feel safe inside mm. of new friendships yeah. or relationships or like if something feels a little off I'm like nope not going to touch that with a 10 foot mm. pole like I think I can be over discerning sometimes yeah. uh, because I am sensitive too and I I don't want someone to leave me that mm-hmm. I trusted and I and I I value depth with people and so for me it's quality versus quantity too mm-hmm. and so for to kind of go through years and years of like having people in my field there's probably like four people who've been around the whole time mm. and just cuz that's what feels good to my soul. So mm-hmm. I think really this is a, a an opportunity for discernment for people. Mm-hmm. Like what kind of friendship do you want? What do you want it to be based off of? What values? What morals? Like what kind of communication and what energy? Mm-hmm. Cuz I have friends with different energy. Like some friends are like, "Well, fun energy." And then some <laughs> friends are like, 
And so it's also like, what honors the parts of me too mm-hmm. that I want nourished by friendships? And so mm-hmm. I think that that with any relationship, it's like a, a give and a receive. And I think when that can happen organically, that feels really good to me. So for me, the journey has been breaking down that glass wall mm-hmm. and discerning who really feels good to me after spending time with them? Mm. Like, do I feel drained or do I feel lit up? Or do I feel like I acted like someone else? Or do I feel like I could be 100% myself? So these things that I ask myself after every interaction, kind of an overanalyzer and extra Mm. feeler. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of always feeling into that after every interaction to decide what or discern what my next step is with that person, Mm. if that makes sense. So much sense. Yeah. So as a, a female entrepreneur and <laughs> like, I think really any female in, in this space of uh, personal development, wanting to grow, wanting to get out there, maybe it's someone who's starting to do events or just grow their career in any way, grow themselves and evolve. Um, we get around a lot of people and we can have a lot of friends. Um, it's really challenging, especially as someone who maybe if you are in the self-development world or you want to do good in the world to be held to an outside expectation that you're not necessarily able to control of needing to be everyone's friend. Even though, like you said, I really feel that a lot of people are only meant to go deep with maybe four or five people in their life. How do you deal with when you really start to get out there? There's a lot of expectation from people. Maybe you're at an event and they're like, oh, she wasn't as open as I thought. Or they want you to be their best friend. Or maybe you have people who you've coached who want to go to the next level with you, but you just don't. It was a, con- on your end, it was always, you you were the coach. It's a professional. So yeah. how do you separate that and let it be okay or handle the disappointment or kind of keep your energy contained? Mm-hmm. I think I must have this more like gangster part of me showing because again, like <laughs> how do I we think get people, the gangster part? Yeah, I think people. It's funny because I, I don't. I've never had the issue of a client crossing a boundary mm-hmm. ever, but this happens all the time to people. Yeah, where they'll like their client be texting them and like. Blah, blah, blah. I've yeah, never I hear had about this. it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I, I just kind of carry myself confidently where I'm like, mm. I'm Libby, Mother M Crow. Yeah, and. I'm here to do this. Plus that don't F with me t-shirt that you always wear everywhere <laughs> helps. <laughs> but it's like, I, it's like subtle. I think or she's had her middle finger up at me the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Just the one on the right hand. <laughs> she's like, so I'm like in sitting Indian style. The left hand is waving her. <laughs> but it's she's funny so because friendliest. I think it's like such a, it's like a, it's almost like the way that you see yourself. Like, uh. like, are you really like if if there was no body and there was just a, a pile of energy, which is mm. what we are anyway, what would that really look like and feel like to people? Would it mm. feel like it's a good oh, question? I I could kind of like weasel my way in there. Would would it feel oh. confident? Would it what color would it look like? So it's kind of like I think I have this energy of like I love you and I'm a person that has boundaries that needs time and space that loves sleep that don't text me. Like, I think, I think it's like, (laughs) so I think it's like a a way that you're carrying the energy body and it's how you see yourself. Mm. Like I see myself as really loving and kind, but also someone who is private in a lot of ways. So Mm -hmm. I think that, that that's, it's really comes down to how you see yourself because that's how you're going to carry your energy body Mm -hmm. into other situations. Mm. Um, and then more tactically, like say that I'm at an event or something and I'm pooped. Um, I will just be like, you know what? To be honest with you, I'd love to just talk 
for hours because I love people. Yeah. And I'm so freaking tired. Like I can barely, like I have a raging headache. I think people really appreciate honesty. Totally. Like I got to roll out to my hotel room. Like namaste, (laughs) I love you. Like I'm so tired. So I think if you're just like, like people come up to me all the time around Venice and they're like, oh my God, hi. And mm-hmm. people probably do that to you. And it's such an honor, but also mm-hmm. it's funny because I'll be like, oh, I'm I'm going to eat my lunch right now. So we can sit and hang, but like, I'm going to be shoving kale in my face this whole time. It's mm-hmm. going to be messy. And I'm probably going to talk to you with my mouth open. And they're like, I love that you're just real. So <laughs> I think it's okay to be real with people and be like, hey, yeah. like texting me doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Hey, like I'm so tired. I got to go. And I think people really respect that, but do it lovingly, obviously. Mm-hmm. Don't be one of those influencers that is like nice online and a poop stain in person. <laughs> That's the worst, isn't it? It's where you're like, I looked up to you and now I want to cry. Like, or don't. at least say where you're at. Yeah, like, yeah. If I'm you're in like, a hard day right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, I kind of equate it to like, I've met some people that I had as mentors, but more like far, far removed, like, you know, mm. just yeah. things. And it was kind of bumsky when mm. I would meet them. I'm like, oh man, even if they are having a bad day, they could say like, hey guys, rough riding today. So my energy's <laughs> low. Like, I think that's helpful besides like pretending. Cause it's like, I can see through anything <laughs> like miles. So it's easy yeah. to tell versus, you know, you meet someone and maybe it's unexpected, like how, how great they are in real life. Mm. I think, I think it doesn't really matter if you have a bad day, but just talk about it and say, mm. I don't think that everyone should be expected just because they're a leader to not have bad days. But I yeah. think that if you're going to go out of the house and you're going to present yourself to the world in which you give value to, in which you're seen a certain way, you've chosen that be honest if if you're kind of having a poop day like it's okay it's mm-hmm. okay to be that but talk about it so that um you can create real connection with people because pretending doesn't do anything mm. people can tell oh yeah and that's the worst oh my gosh yeah. like sometimes i'm i'm at the gym and i'm like oh my god i'm having i feel like i just need a t-shirt <laughs> in case i know anyone in here that's <laughs> just like struggling hardly made it here <laughs> like about to cry yeah <laughs> hugs welcome yeah. yeah i and i will say that like if i'm out and about and i'm just like tired or like i just rolled out of bed and i went to air one which is a grocery store near me i'll just be like yo i'm like I just rolled out of bed. Like, yeah. That's okay. I'm like, I just don't have much energy. Just saying. Like, I'll start yeah. it off. Not that I owe it. Not that I have to explain, but I think that it's honoring. Yeah. Totally. It's Especially part of when conscious you're just leadership. Meeting, yeah. When you're just meeting someone and it's it's freeing for you. Then you don't have to replay the scenario in your head 27,000 <laughs> times later. Like, I was a real bitch. <laughs> Shoot. I'll never I, run into yeah. them again. Oh, she's going to think that I'm fake or whatever. It's just nice to just be yeah. real. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you have a million followers or 10. It's like... The more that you can just be honest with humans, the more we can connect and just support each other. Mm, So good. What is something that you feel right now is maybe a challenge or a struggle in your life? Mm -hmm. I feel really good right now. Uh, Oh, that's the best. Yeah. Those moments where you're like, (laughs) I'm feeling great. I just spent like five. And her hair is really good today, (laughs) you guys. I showered for life. Yeah, so good. I spent five days in the Redwoods, so I'm feeling just now. Oh, yeah. Those trees just like. Yummy. mm. Uh, one thing that's that's challenging or struggle for me right now, I feel so inspired to write so many books and I feel like I don't even know where to start. I feel like mm. the publishing world is kind of 
interesting and confusing. Totally. And um, there's so many different ways to go about it. And I feel like so much birthing inside of me and I feel challenged about which way to go in mm. terms of making that happen and taking a first step. So even though it's such a silly thing, that's that's one thing. And then the other thing is, is it's always been for me, I don't know if you know this, but I had a, a company for body positivity mm. uh, for years where I helped women with eating psychology and, and loving themselves and all of that. I had a whole movement where we smashed our glass scales and it was pretty epic. Wow. And so nutrition has been always something really uh, an edge for me and my growth because I like went hardcore dieting restriction phase. Mm. Then I went to like eating whatever you want phase. Then I went to intuitive phase and I'm in this place where I really want to heal my body mm-hmm. and eat things that will heal my adrenal fatigue and eat things that will give me high energy. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't quite figured out what ticks for me. Uh, through all of the things that I've learned and gone through and, and taught others, I feel like I'm, because our bodies are not stagnant and we're always changing, in this season I am in this opportunity and kind of, an- I feel annoyed at like, wait, what do I eat to get what result I want? Mm. Um, and still, obviously, I love food. Like I'm like, mm, yum, ah, oh, I make all the sounds and I eat. Mm-hmm. So it still needs to taste good. Mm-hmm. So those are two things, like book writing and nutrition are things like on my mind constantly, mm. I would say right now. Okay, so I'm gonna just force you right into gut, immediate gut reactions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So <laughs> she just had a giant sip of water from this huge glass bottle. Spring Here we go. Water, yeah, spring water out of glass, you guys. No plastic water. Yeah, all glass. <laughs> so if you were to... To know it, it, like what you think that you don't know about book writing. What do yeah. you think you would know about your first book? <laughs> I would I would certainly know that what it's about and I would certainly know And what do you I think can, that is? So I wanna I want it to be called the classroom and about how life doesn't happen inside those four walls mm. that we're taught that you know, from being a teacher to realizing that life's outside of the box. Oh my god, so yeah, I just so got just, chills. Oh, yes. thank you. Just talking about uh, lessons that mm-hmm. I've learned outside of that box and, and how that's really where everyone needs to be learning versus what we're taught. Uh, I think that's, I mean, literally, I love that more than anything because it's never, from the years of podcasting, which you and I have been talking about, which you're just going to fall deeper and deeper and deeper in love, like you're not even going to understand. <laughs> it's like... There's no, all of the teaching isn't even in the courses or the coaches. It is and it isn't. It's like all of the moments in our day, like mm-hmm. every single reaction in a relationship and how we respond to things. It's like just life's happening that outside book needs the box. To happen. Yeah. So, so that's what it'd be like. I, I think I just, you know, different projects for different times. One thing I'm yeah. doing right now is focusing on one thing at a time versus doing it all. Yeah. And so, book is my kind of like second half of the second year. Second half. Year. What's the first half? So I uh, just launched my course. I turned mm-hmm. my mentorship program into a yes. course, which did really well. I'm really excited about so that. So cool. And then now it's the podcast. Okay. So after these things come into place, then it'll be the blog and vlog. Mm-hmm. And then book time, baby. Yeah. And I think that's all like, honestly, if I could tell you that without the podcast first, the book wouldn't have done what I what it, what it, I wanted it to do in the mm. world or what I had hoped for it to do in the world. So yeah, it's like I think it'll help for people divine. to hear the voice like, oh, oh this is God. who she is and 
because I think for a long time it's just been business Libby. Yeah. And when I ask people, who am I? Like, what do you think of when you think of me? No one says business. No, Everyone I know, says, but like, you are. Light, warmth, radiant, kind. Like they say like yeah. these loving things. I'm like, yeah, I think the world needs to know who I am more than what I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're attracted to that. And then they're like, wait a minute. And she can help me make money too. Oh, and she slays. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Does everyone sound like that? (laughs) Yeah, that's everyone's new voice. That's our new radio voice. (laughs) Hey, guys. That's their aha moment voice. (laughs) Oh, oh. (laughs) She's going to talk like that on her podcast. It is. Welcome Uh. to Behind the Dream with Libby Crow. (laughs) But that voice has to come out at least once every podcast. You got yourself a deal. I already filmed some, so. (laughs) Okay. Well, Well, everyone from here going out. (laughs) Deal. Okay, so it's book and then what oh here's what I wanted to ask because I feel like I know this even with an intuitive eating as well or whatever eating um (laughs) so many words around I know it's It's just like whatever just eat some food um (laughs) so I because I'm in that you know I I've like been in that same loop over and over and over and over and I feel like finally I'm kind of understanding it which is so crazy from the person who's like you know, been helping other people for years and years, but that's just what it is. You Mm -hmm. teach what you need the most. And I think that when I ask myself what I, like what I need, there's, I know what it is oftentimes, but there's so often that the patterns and the way my life is, and there's so much resistance around the thing that I know I could be doing more of, like just going and either having someone come and cook for me or going and like, releasing some fear still around certain foods during the day, like just eat that. So how do you like, are you getting any messages as far as around the food? Cause this is a thing for everyone. I don't care who you are. It's literally a thing for, for major, I don't want to say everyone for majority of people. Mm-hmm. Um, are you getting any like information on how you believe you should be eating? Yeah, I think food is one of our greatest teachers. I think death is the greatest teacher Mm -hmm. than nature, than kids, and then often food because we're all eaters. So we can use it to teach us. Oh, what is this showing us, you know, uh, about what's happening in our lives, about what we are avoiding, about what we're anxious about. Food Mm -hmm. is just a reflection, it's just a tool Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. It's also delicious. But anyway. it's the most delicious tool I've it's ever the best used coping for self-development. mechanism I've ever experienced. By the way, at my event, we're just going to eat and journal about it. So come, we will be there. Um, snacks. That'd on be so board. fun. Like, how does best. this avocado make you feel? Because then everything comes back to like, actually how more. you're actually feeling about life. Oh my god, you know? it does. So for me, oh, crazy. Um, I like that you talked about like what we resist persists and all of this. And from an eating psychology perspective, um, it's often about the eater, not really the food. The food just gets to show up as the fruit to the root of the issue. Mm. So, so for me, I find myself in reaction sometimes with food. So this has always been the case. I've always been an overeater, always emotional eater. I think we're all emotional eaters because we're all mm. emotional beings. But mm-hmm. anyway, I digress on that. <laughs> uh, so for me, I've always been like, okay, if I'm stressed, food. Okay, if I don't know what to do, food. And mm-hmm. so it's just an easy, self-soothing mechanism. I mean, mm-hmm. like from the time we came out of the womb or out of the C-section for me, um, <laughs> we've been given food to like, mm. it's like, oh, you get the milk. Like it's, So it's kind of a primitive thing to go to it. It's not bad. For me, it's always a teacher. Like, why mm. am I in front of the fridge right now? Oh, am I doing something in my business that I don't want to be doing? Or like, why did I just eat a whole 
good chocolate bar. By the way, it's the best chocolate bar ever. This is not sponsored, mm. but oh my God, it's so good. Um, <laughs> so it's like, why do I inhale this right now? Oh, I feel this pressure to mm. to perform or this pressure to make more money or this pressure to whatever. And so for me, I'm always curious on the deeper reasons of why I'm eating or not eating certain things, at which rate I'm eating or Eat, not eating things yeah. like the rhythm and then for me like how I'm metabolizing things like honestly like digestion like mm-hmm. am I digesting food because the di- the way that you digest food is kind of like the way that you're digesting life mm. and so everything's related and there's no compartmentalizing and so for me I'm kind of in this place where what's most important for me and it's a reflection of my eating for sure right now is slowing down and feeling mm. good so instead of inhaling and reacting it's like can I give myself the space to be, to breathe and to enjoy mm. and to kind of like have more gratitude in the process versus just to do something on the agenda? Like got to eat, blood sugar dropping. It's not about that. It's about how can we make more ritual and more meaning out of things that might be mundane. Mm. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Mm. Man, that's so, it's, it's interesting because it's such a reflection of when I look at when I'm eating a lot or when I'm eating fast or when I'm eating to like numb or soothe, it's like, and sometimes it's, well, this isn't, it's like so true for so many people. So I'll just say it like sometimes when you're around really either challenging people that you do love, but they're in your life and they're just in your life, but it always brings up challenges. If there's food around, sometimes it's like, well, I'm just going to eat because mm-hmm. this is going to get me out of my mind <laughs> the right feelings. now. The yeah. feelings. I don't want to be my the feelings. I want to be in this or pie. anxiety <laughs> or like, like, yeah, just the, the discomfort. Yeah. Like I find so much food, like, uh, food being a comfort when something is uncomfortable or like living in LA, like you almost can't not be social a lot because you're <laughs> like, you have to have such fierce boundaries. Like I even feel like I say no constantly yet. I'm still out uh, at least a night a week. I feel like, yeah. which sometimes that can be three nights a week, like connecting with people and sometimes all that new energy, right? When people have a lot of newness in their life. Mm -hmm. So this can be for clients, like when there's a lot of newness and when there's a lot of socializing or there's a lot of events, like we go to that crutch. What do you do when you're in situations like that? Like the constant social or the constant when it's your time to be out and be the butterfly, how do you not rely on food or alcohol? Yeah. Well, so alcohol, well, first of all, I think it's not bad to use food either. I think that um, there's such certainly a line between health and and like flow with, mm-hmm. with food. So anytime that you notice patterns around food is just showing you that you need to look at something deeper. Mm. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that per se if you have awareness around it and you're willing to kind of look at it and maybe do some work there mm-hmm. and, and to look at what's really happening and why food is just happening to be presenting yourself the opportunity to learn. Mm. Food is kind of like a mirror for people. Yeah. It's like, this is what's happening. This is mm-hmm. just the manifestation of it. Um, and then in terms of alcohol, so my dad died of alcoholism. Mm. And for those that have experienced family members or people close to them with that, they develop an interesting relationship or judgment or story around alcohol. And mm-hmm. so for a long time, I made it bad uh, and wrong. And I didn't want to be around anyone who drank mm. uh, because it, it was hard for me emotionally. And then I started to to just completely like judge myself. Like I shouldn't have a glass of wine. Like I shouldn't have this because I felt like I was almost perpetuating this idea that alcohol was okay and it's not for everyone. And mm-hmm. so anyway, I kind of went through a whole thing with that. And now I'm in the place where 
if I have a glass of wine, like every now and again, I'm not going to judge myself, Mm -hmm. but there's also just a weird, for me, a weird feeling around it still in that, why are we drinking? Mm. Like, are we trying to shift into somewhere where we don't want to be? Are we numbing something? Mm. Like, even if it's a glass of wine, like, is it just because you really, really like wine or is it because you feel like it might take an edge off and why Mm. is the edge there and why aren't you wanting to talk about it? Mm. Or like, so, so I think that again, it's a teacher. It's like, why it's, it's the manifestation of a mirror, all substances, right? Whether Mm -hmm. it's like your MacBook or a cheeseburger, (laughs) it's like all like teaching us. So, Mm -hmm. so that's kind of my take on it. Mm, I'm just hearing more and more of your book coming out. <laughs> more books. Yeah, that more could be like books. the third one. That's, there's just a, a trilogy of <laughs> books happening. Seriously. Paulo Coelho. I'm the nice you Paulo are. Coelho. Libby Coelho. We'll just change my you last are. name. That's going to be your new... Which, you're in LA. You can do whatever the hell you Everyone want with your name. Their name. I'm like, here. is that your real name? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> the next podcast we do, Star Crow. Hello, I am Star. I have a new voice too, to match it. I'm yeah. Like, hey, Lori. My name's Star Crow. <laughs> It's who you are today. It's who I am today. I sat with some plant medicine. Yeah, this is the new me. Hey, and more power to you. Yeah, actually, I really like the name Zoe, and I've been thinking for a long time, like, what would it be like if I changed my name to Zoe? But I don't know. It takes a lot of work to change all the social media and all that. But I really, I just said, I literally said that this week. I'm like, I really don't resonate with my name. And Chris yeah. is like, oh, good God. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> You're like domaining at night. You're like, I have an idea. I'm like, I don't. I feel like if I was born with like a different name that I would like become what I believe that name Mm. is. So maybe I just need that to be like my alter ego name, like something. What would it be? Oh, I thought of a name the other day that I was like, that feels like my name. Like, like, (laughs) like Lola or something. I was like, Lola. And then I started singing the song. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm a Lola. Cause I've got like a very seventies vibe. Like I so could have been like born to a mother who was on drugs. Like, you know, <laughs> Lola and like Zoe. That she, oh no. <laughs> the Lola and Zoe show I is coming like at you. I'm from the seventies as well. I yeah. feel like those are kind of like hip, hip names. Like those, those are groovy names. Those are groovy names. Whoa. Oh yeah. That's like, what is time? We could be living in that parallel universe where you are Lola. I am Zoe. And we just met at a disco. It's happening right now. <laughs> I just heard a quote. It was, if you didn't know when you were born, you wouldn't know your age. Like you would have no idea of your age. Like you, I wouldn't, I'd be 70. like, I don't know. Am I 16? I'm not sure. I'm, or <laughs> I am like I 75? Stuck at 22 always kind of, I'm but like, I could also be a 90 year old. Same, especially with my bedtime. Oh yeah, that's legit 90-year-old. Like We have 90-year-olds that stay, in, like, they're up later than us. Yeah, it fascinates me when people yeah. are like, dinner's at nine. I'm like, oh, because that's when Who I take my contacts you? out and, like, go to bed. I was like, are we in Ibiza? <laughs> like, this is not okay. <laughs> I'm so confused. We're 70s grandmas. Yeah, we are. Nice. We are. So it's Lola and Zoe. Zoe. That's I like right. that. That's happening. The, lo- the Lola and Zoe clothing show. company. We'll talk and it'll be 70s clothes. And everything will be so bell cute. bottoms and crop tops. This is real and it's getting burst right here, right now. <laughs> here to, record it. Burst. The right universe here. heard it. Be really <laughs> careful. No, that's a real thing. Like I'm obsessed with clothes as well. Okay. So clearly we could also talk all about that, which is fabulous and perfect to me. But I want to know if you complete this sentence, something that most people don't know about me is what? Mm. 
I am so sensitive to animals mm. being in pain. Oh my goodness. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people probably are, mm-hmm. but I have a very hard time with it. Mm. Uh, Scott and I watched a documentary last night and about Teflon and how awful that chemical is mm. and all the people dying from it. And and one of the things that it actually moved me more than anything in that documentary was the animals that were dying because the um, the company DuPont was like letting it all go in the river and stuff. Mm. And, and on the farm, the animals were just dying. And so Ugh. that's something that I think I'm just so sensitive to animals and I love animals so much, like obsessed. Mm. Yeah. Like I came in your home and I like, sat down with your dog right away. It's just like, <laughs> I was, so I think people don't realize how much I care and how sensitive I am to them being harmed. Mm. Like I, I've almost been in a couple really scary situations where I've um, encountered people hurting their dogs mm. and I just go into like Hulk and I forget that I'm a non-Hulk person yeah. <laughs> and I just go in reaction and I've been almost harmed quite a few times because I just have no no boundaries around animals and harm. So that's something mm. that I think a lot of people don't know and yeah. you wouldn't know unless you were around me and something happened and then all of a sudden Libby thinks she's gangster and it's, yeah. and it's not and then it's scary because if someone's like crazy enough to hurt their dog, they're going to be crazy enough to probably hurt yeah. me. So that's a, it's like a fun fact, animal lover. Wow, like, I love that. I can definitely like... Um, see you doing something in the future with animals. For sure. Philanthropy is such an mm-hmm. important thing for me and I've only mm-hmm. given so far to humans mm. and to educate kids and, and that kind of a thing. But for for the future, I've been thinking, it's one of my goals for this mm-hmm. year is to save a thousand dogs. That's right. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that at dinner. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. amazing. So something like that feels right. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's so beautiful. Yeah. So what do people need to know about stepping into their dream and why it's important? Like really stepping into who they know that they are and that thing inside of them that they're like, I don't think I could do that, but here's you know the vision that I get for myself. Yeah. When you're planted with that seed of vision, I think that it's important to know that that's really special mm. and that that doesn't happen to everyone. Mm-hmm. And so to honor that, uh, and I would say that it's less about you and the awesome life that you're going to have and the money you're going to make and the people that you're going to meet and the people that you're going to help. And it's more about, honestly, as a collective of humans moving to humanity. Mm. And the more that you step into alignment, the more that the collective, everyone in the world will because mm. of the ripple. And so I think it's important to know that because you have that vision, it's for something way bigger than you. And you might not understand that yet, but the more that you stick with it, the more that you'll see that it's about all of us coming together for the greater good. Mm. It's like a bigger thing. Totally. It sounds like words, 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 but it's really important for people to get into alignment and to stand up for who they want to be and become. Uh, Magical things happen on a planet level when Mm. you do that individually. Oh man, that's, it's crazy if, if people would understand from people who have stepped in, like to actually look back, uh, Chris and I were talking about it. It's it's the craziest thing to sit and go, what would the world actually be like if you didn't like say yes to your dream? Who Mm. would not be in their dream right now? And that's been something that's like a beautiful gratitude practice and reminder, like to keep going and keep showing up like you guys should play that at home like who wouldn't yeah, be in their dream it makes me want to cry actually mm-hmm. even just to think about because I support my mom she's worked for my company for a few yeah. years now wow. and mm-hmm. she completely changed her life in every way you can possibly imagine and she mm-hmm. lives by the ocean now here in you know wow. California and she has the most beautiful life and it's like oh for sure her but then yeah. everyone else like wow. when you think of the thousands and thousands of people that you impact it's like it's important yeah. not just for you and you start with just one. Yeah. One is <laughs> and then all of a sudden it like, 
it just ripples from there. So yeah. you guys have to step in wherever you are. Yeah, so it's really important for our planet, for us mm-hmm. humans. It's way bigger than than just you. Mm-hmm. And you get to be the vessel for the good. Mm-hmm. Any last words that you want to share? Mm. I just want to acknowledge you for mm-hmm. everything that you are and you continue to become. You're such a radiant soul and such a loving person. I think you're such a light for the world about what's possible from connection and tribe to mm. self-love, to evolution, to relationship. Mm. And I just appreciate you and thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> I was like, she just turned the tables on me and now I got to receive. I we had to put her. my shoulders back. Go I was Lori. Like, oh. We love her. You're, you're just really, you're a good person. You're mm. a gem from the sky and I'm just really happy that you're doing what you're doing and that like we've we've stepped up and so thank you. Oh my god, thank you. But what kind of gem? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's your but favorite kind? You so sapphires, rubies, what you diamonds, you what can you be want. whatever you want. I'm a bag of gems. Like, I want to be a velvet bag of gems. You're an eclectic like, velvet bag of gems. Oh my god. It's like the best compliment. What a word of affirmation. Lola, you are a bag of gems. Like that's where weird, like, just inside stories come from. Lola, you're a weird, you're a mixed bag of gems. You guys now know our insider Zoe. joke. Yes, Zoe. <laughs> so I want everyone to be able to find you, follow you, learn about your programs because you work with amazing people. And I've heard so many incredible things from mm. the people that you've worked with and you are heart and soul. And you are, if you are in need of learning those boundaries and learning all of the different things that you talked about, like being able to be incredibly fierce in your business, but also be so heart-centered and have boundaries and be able to hold your own energy, which is something I see you do so often and so beautifully out in the world. I think that uh, being able to learn from you is probably one of the most important things. So first of all, let's do podcasts. Then where can we find you and all of your stuff? Yeah. The podcast is Behind the Dream mm-hmm. and everything else is Libby Crow. So Instagram, website, Facebook, um, the Behind the Dream community is on Facebook as well if you want to add yourself to that. It's just a group of entrepreneurs who Mm. are dedicated to Mm -hmm. the journey and what it takes and talking about what it takes along Mm. the way too. Mm, So good. Well, I'm so grateful for you and I always end on one last question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Get your game face on. Game face on. All right. So you are in passing with the total stranger. It's like a 30 second encounter, whether it's on an elevator or just like on the street. And they look at you and they ask you, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Mm, The first thing that comes to mind is to just smile really big for Mm. 20 seconds and hold it Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that honestly physiologically works. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then the second thing I would be is curious. And I'd probably want to actually stretch that 30 seconds and be like, Let's talk about that. What mm. is happiness to you? And so I think curiosity would probably happen, to be honest with you, versus a stark answer, because that's just mm. how I be. Yeah. So I'd be like, first of all, we're going to sit down and smile awkwardly at each other for 20 <laughs> seconds, <laughs> really big. And then we can talk about why you're actually curious. Oh about my God, it's so good. You're the only person who's like, actually, I would ask for more than 30 seconds. So <laughs> really? that's, that's surprising. <laughs> yeah. Person, if someone's so asking great. me that, I'll be like, all right, let's talk about what's happening. You're like, I can't do this in 30 <laughs> seconds. I require more universe. All right. Right. I so, love that. Though. I love thank that. You. Ask for more. Ask yeah. for more time. That's what you can do. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Libby. And you guys, if you loved this podcast as much as I did, make sure you share it with a friend, text it to a friend right now. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. 
Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community. And everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, Not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a paywall too, and you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use, and it has a free 14-day trial for you, so you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes, and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind-blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize, and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14-day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's going to streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Hey, I know if you're listening to this podcast that you have big dreams and big goals. And one of the things that can really stop you is struggling with your marketing. Trust me, I have been there. Are you using 10 different systems just to build your online business? Then I want you to try Kajabi. Kajabi helps you build your web pages, set up funnels, and sell your courses, content, coaching, or communities. You've been hearing me talk a lot about funnels on this podcast and the importance of your email list. You can get a free trial at kajabi.com. That's K-A-J-A-B-I.com. 
I've talked about Kajabi before, but here's something that's super cool and new. They just rolled out an AI assistant for creating your online course curriculum. And this means you just type in a topic that you wanna create on a course or webinar and bam, it just generates a sample outline for you. It takes a ton of the hard work away. Of course, you're gonna customize it to be your own, but this really helps you get over the struggle of how in the world to start which is where most people stop. If you're like me, starting is always the hardest part and that's what makes Kajabi so popular. They've made it easier for creators to build web pages, build courses, build coaching programs, build membership sites, build checkout pages and build email funnels. So if you're struggling with any of those, you gotta go check it out. Go to kajabi.com. Kajabi was really the first all-in-one system and is trusted by over 100,000 creators. I think that's good enough for me. Also as influencers and marketers who use this and now their smart ai platform makes it easy to take what you know and turn it into an online course and business go start building with a free trial at kajabi.com that's k-a-j-a-b-i.com want to know a huge secret to my success Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori.